podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Deus Ex Media. The walls glittered with crystals, red, green, and blue. In the strange light, beautiful plants grew. Giant orchids, star-shaped flowers, vines bursting with orange and purple berries that crept among the crystals. The cave floor was covered with soft green moss. Overhead, the ceiling was higher than a cathedral, sparkling like, like a galaxy of stars. In the center of the cave stood a Roman-style bed, gilded wood shaped like a curly U, with velvet cushions. Animals lounged around it, but they were animals that shouldn't have been alive. There was a dodo bird, something that looked like a cross between a wolf and a tiger, a huge rodent like the mother of all guinea pigs. And roaming behind the bed, picking berries with its trunk, was a woolly mammoth. On the bed lay an old satyr. He watched us as we approached, his eyes as blue as the sky. His curly hair was white, and so was his pointed beard. Even the goat fur on his legs was frosted with gray. His horns were enormous, glossy brown and curved. There was no way he could have hidden those under a hat the way Grover did. Around his neck hung a set of reed pipes. Scott, we discuss Rick Rowden's role as our godly parent. I'm Ray from Cabin 12. And I'm Charlie from Cabin 13. I'm Darian from Cabin 20. And I'm DJ from Cabin 3. Woo! Woo! <laughs> we back. Hi, guys. Hi. It's good to see y'all again. Hello, hello. Yeah, finally on for an actual chapter. Um, How about that? <laughs> instead of our, our little Atlantis um, interlude I slash had a great rant. Time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And uh, also last week on this pod, we would have put out our Pride episode. So nice. <laughs> woo! Back to chapter things. Um, I really wanted to be like, we're going to stop at this one point when something big happens and then just go right to pride like nope you guys don't get to hear what happens next right away great <laughs> perfect cliffhanger Amazing we are back us. to percy jackson i mean we're always we're always percy jackson last week we were just gay percy jackson which is <laughs> admittedly still just percy jackson um already what what happened in this chapter ray uh do you know <laughs> perhaps i I don't know. Was there a lost god speaking? Maybe <laughs> was, was he lost? Did he get turned I, around? <laughs> I personally like to call this chapter. Rick Riordan tells you personally to care about the environment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So lately, we've been um, uh, doing this thing where we rename the chapters. Nice. <laughs> so if you at any point in the episode come up with a rename, um, that's that's it. That's the game. Um, <laughs> Chapter whatever. Pam sucks, dude. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, yeah, chapter. I don't have it. Oh well. Seventeen. Uh, yeah. Seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. Chapter seventeen. Pam can go to hell. Honestly. Oh my and god. I, mean the, I, mean I see her salty. Hell. Holy shit. I think it is. Pam goes to hell actively because he's dying. Pam gets murdered. All, right. <laughs> All right. 
Um, Strong feelings. I'm excited to get into it, but for now, Percy and co. complete their escape and they run into Grover's dropped Rasta cap. Uh, Grover hit his head on some rocks and he's definitely concussed now. Uh, Pan is in New Mexico and it turns out that he is incredibly old and also made of smoke or something. Um, (laughs) Dee Dee the Dodo plagues Pan's life with incidental music. Uh, Pan looks into the camera like he's in the office and he reminds you that the environment is important. Uh, And then Grover has to tell everyone that one, he found Pan. Two, Pan is dead now. And three, we all have to take responsibility for our own actions, which I'm sure everyone will love to hear and will cause no problems whatsoever. And that was the whole chapter. It's a really, really short one. You know what? I I think I've come up with my my renaming of it. It's, um, It's a PSA. But it's like pan service announcement. Nice. <laughs> it could just be called a very special episode, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a very special chapter. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Absolutely. Our saltiness towards pan aside, and when I say "our," I do just mean DJ and I. I'm not going to speak for for the two hosts yeah. of the show. Uh, this is a beautifully written chapter. Like we could like mm-hmm. be the, the jokey jokes on the the PSAs and and things like that, but it is. Rick Riordan really did pour his heart into it. You can see it in the way the characters respond to the situation, the way Pan is, and the way the scenes are described. It is lovely. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, I've i definitely listened to your Pan episode, but <laughs> would, would you like to refresh um, me as well as tell the listeners your feelings on Pan? Uh- <laughs> Go check it out at Muses of Mythology. It's in your podcast. You're listening to one right now. Go check out our pan episode. You'll hear it all there. We don't want to rehash on someone else's show. That's that's not fun. We've got other big feelings to discuss. But uh, I'm sure we'll let some of that leak through. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly will for me. Mm-hmm. All right, I, all right. I, I essentially, I, Charlie, since you asked, the spark notes, I think, is that... Yeah, that, I just want the spark the, notes. The... <sighs> Could just be the oh, okay on what specifically because I feel like in that episode we just yelled about Pan a lot just in general. DJ had feelings mm-hmm. about what it means to be God of the Wild. I had theories on what I, that I, actually I, means. Yeah, uh, we just we yelled at Pan for being homophobic, <laughs> yep. and then the environmental mm-hmm. thing oh like is, I have and I have new thoughts regarding Rick Riordan's decision to use Pan in this manner that I will be excited to discuss in this Ooh. episode if appropriate. Ooh. But yeah, uh, okay, colonialism, y'all. Yeah, 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 it is. Wow. <laughs> wow. Alrighty. Well, before we go into the chapter, I'm gonna uh, talk about my personal agenda um, <laughs> right now um, in our myth section. So, in case you missed it, but um, but um, we're not really talking about a myth per se. We're just gonna talk about a trope. Actually, I lied. Open um, up TV tropes, everyone. Get ready. <laughs> We're we're gonna talk about the the king asleep in the mountain, the king under the mountain. It's or the sleeping hero. It's got like a million different names. It's mm-hmm. it's it's that thing, you know, um, where there's like a person who is asleep and then is fated to like come back. Um, oftentimes to like save the world, sometimes to destroy the world. It really depends on the tale, but. Yeah, it's it's just it's a trope. And I think that just like really applies to both Pan and kind of Kronos in this book specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cuz like the the whole like um 
the satyrs are like, we need to go find him. Like, he needs to come back and save all of us. And then, like, we're actively dreading the return of Kronos this whole time. So we got we got a positive one, and then we got a negative one. Uh-huh. Typhon was quite literally asleep under a mountain. Ooh. Typhon is one of the ones on this list. Oh my god. We have. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, where is he? He's, like, probably on the bottom or something. Um, I thought he was. Okay, well... Let's let's talk about some of the the famous uh, kings under the mountain. Um, King Arthur, for one yeah. thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, like the oh, guy. he's gonna come back and what? save Britain. He's the once in future king. Huh? Yeah, what what yeah. I would suspect the trope is named for because these characters are always kings, but the name yeah. would it likely comes from Arthur himself. Yeah, I believe it is named for him, but like otherwise, there's a lot of different ones and ones older than him too. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, I, that. yeah. Jesus does in fact count under this. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He's set to return to save us all. He is. Yeah. Correct. Um. Also, I guess Merlin counts because Merlin is um a tree. Um. It's, I'll be honest. Yeah. So I didn't King know Arthur that. is a Christ figure. I. Sorry. Uh, this is just blowing my mind. You didn't know that. You didn't know that. <laughs> Seriously? Sorry, I don't look into Arthurian mythology. Like, I didn't know he was under a rock. <laughs> yeah, it's the... I mean, the French monks are the ones who rolled up and, like, really took the the the, the legends of, like, the hero, king, the fays, and stuff. Yeah, the French monks are the ones that rolled up <laughs> and took the, the lore and was like, but you know what it needs? Way more Jesus. Also, yeah. <laughs> a handsome, romantic, chivalrous uh, French character who's just better than everyone. Listen, don't start Good. me going off about Lancelot and how much he <laughs> sucks because he's someone's OC. I can't. I can't do this Oh right my now. god. <laughs> Whenever I play Some... Lancelot and Smite, I'm reminded of Prince Charming from Shrek. <laughs> yeah. Bet, yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. He can hop on a horse and ride. And it really does just like the opening scene to Shrek 2 when it's like Lancelot and he's doing the whole thing. That's just what he looks like the whole time. I'm just sitting there like, this dude's just a charming looking ass. That's absolutely how I would picture Lancelot in general. Just because like, Mm -hmm. he's, he's he's that perfect chivalrous knight, right? Because, you know, courtly love was like accepted. And courtly it was fine. Love. That's what I was. That's the word I yeah. was looking for. Yeah. Fucking courtly love. Um, it's <laughs> the bullshit. French. Uh, okay, I'm not talking about this. <laughs> I can't go in. <laughs> I can't go on a rant about King Arthur right now. We'll do it someday. We'll make a bonus episode. <laughs> oh, oh, great! We we have to do like a bonus episode on the what is it? High noon at Camelot. The the um. <laughs> Fuck yes, album. we do. <laughs> Like, I think we talked about this already. <laughs> I need to. I need to go off about things. I'm so excited. That's gonna be the best moment of my life, honestly. <laughs> will it be four hours? Maybe. Maybe it will be. Once <laughs> it again. better not be. But <laughs> sorry for alienating you guys. We're just talking about uh, King Arthur in no space gay <laughs> album. It's your show. Yeah. Yeah. It's by the mechanisms. We covered one of their albums before. Ulysses dies at dawn. Highly recommend you listen okay. to it. Okay, maybe. V- very, very good mythology. Also, High Noon over Camelot. And also, it's like, my favorite one. Yeah. All right. Um. So, Welsh names I cannot pronounce, but there is Bran the Blessed. He's one of them. Oh boy. Um. He's also kind of connected to Arthurian things because it's Welsh. 
It's all connected. Everything is connected. Um, oh, yeah. Another famous one. Finn McCool from Ireland. Also asleep under a mountain. Um, how, does he, how is he supposed to come back? I don't. We'll come when something is sounded three times. Yep. Probably a horn. It's usually some kind of horn or something, right? Like Francis Drake. Oh, my God. I forgot he's on this list. When his Drake's drum is beaten, he's gonna arise and defend England from the sea. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Why? Why is there so much here? Uh, um, Doom guy from the Doom games. <laughs> <laughs> he, in fact, uh, the first Doom game, you're coming out of your uh, 2016 Doom, I say. Mm-hmm. You're coming out of like some weird deep sleep where you were asleep within rocks and you were broken open due to a bunch of scientists exploring mars and they tore open a portal to hell and congratulations <laughs> the only person that demons fear is in fact doom guy so he's got to go deal with it nice okay okay we have one ancient greek one on this list um and it is not someone you would expect it's theseus it took me a second to realize mm. how that makes sense and it's because he was in the underworld for a while yeah. until Her- uh heracles saved him yeah. That's definitely why right. he's on this list. But <laughs> uh, I hate him, so fuck these years. Um, um, Someone who I don't see on the list, but who I think should count. Oh? Uh, oh cool. Monkey from The Journey to the West. Oh, absolutely! Oh. Hell yeah! <laughs> Sun Wukong is definitely... Because, like, he was literally under a mountain. Yeah, yeah they like, just put him down there. Basically... <laughs> Yeah, there's like so many people on this list, and a lot of them, I'm like, I don't know who this is. I'm so interested in all of this. Um, funnily enough, Christianity does not list Jesus. What on, on there? It lists John the Evangelist instead. I mean, I guess you know, but that that makes sense since like John is buried, and if the whole thing is like they have been buried somewhere and will rise, like Jesus was never buried after Jesus after his was resurrection. Jesus and he already left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But after that, he was like risen into into heaven, essentially. And so there yeah. isn't, uh, yeah, there isn't a king under the mm-hmm. mountain for him because he will return, as as they say, but not from. He's not on earth. Cannot be found here. Cannot be summoned here. It's only when um, yeah. those. Two. So it's a little. Yeah, that is a yeah. little different. I guess. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. This is this is one of those tropes where I'm like, there's so many more people who could be applied here, like from stories and shit. Um, but yeah, we've got at least one from each of the, um, main monotheistic religions, like King David and Muhammad uh, as well. Um, oh my goodness. Vishnu? Vishnu counts? What? (laughs) Oh, wait. I... I found Sung Wukong, but he's in the villain section instead of the Asia section. I don't know why. Okay. That's where Typhon is, too. And Enceladus as well. Uh, he's yeah, Sun Wukong's <laughs> technically the villain of his stories. I'm pretty sure he's fighting against like Buddha and shit every but, time I see him. But that's only for the beginning, and then he's hanging out with that monk and being like chill. I'm, he would well, be yeah, an anti-hero. Then he eats the monk. This does say sleeping <laughs> anti-hero. Other and stories, features. Okay, yeah, no, true, true. <laughs> like he he becomes the hero later on in the story. He gets redeemed and shit. He becomes a Buddha himself. I thought. Like, doesn't he become enlightened? Yeah. Probably eventually. I don't know Sun Wukong's whole story. I only read a wild ass Spark Notes version of it called God of High School. <laughs> uh, I only know as far as overly sarcastic productions has gotten, so. 
I did, in fact, just, like, read up on, like, a little bit of it. So I know, like, the beginning and the ending. Looking at OSP for all the middle stuff. Um... Um, last but not least, Loki, of course. Yes. Um, Loki will come back when Ragnarok happens. Um, right now he's bound in chains, um, with, uh, poison going into his eyes every so often. Yeah, I hate to see it. (laughs) Poor Loki. I, I love (laughs) you. The Lich of Adventure Time. Yes. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. The Lich is destined, and also, so is Finn, which is what's really fun. Mm. They're actually yin and yang that the universe sends out just to have fun just to find (laughs) each other uh i was gonna say that it's a really interesting trope from a mythology standpoint it's it's kind of like in a spooky story when they're like and to this very day you can still hear whatever the crying woman who died it's like this is something that's still relevant to you it's not happening right now but just wait just wait (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I just, I I thought, I love that it, like, applied so well to, like, this book and, like, these characters at this time. I guess when you go underground, there's just a lot of dudes down there. Literally. You know what? Between here in the underworld, there's a bunch of sleeping guys who are waiting (laughs) for the end of the world. (laughs) That is how it be. (laughs) Alrighty. Let's talk about this freaking chapter. Um... (laughs) Because I've already talked about Pan before in this podcast. Um, uh, oh my goodness, I can't stop remembering Pan's Wikipedia page that like scarred my former co-host for life. Oh, um, no. <laughs> there's a picture of Pan <laughs> screwing a goat on yep. that page. Yes, there is. Sounds about right. Yeah, mm. it just looks so bad. It's like a statue. I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I don't blame don't, you. Don't go searching for it, folks. <laughs> or do go searching for it and tell us about it. If it's your thing. <laughs> Tweet it on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, not us. Don't at us. <laughs> Just at of the eldest gods, because it's the show you're listening to. <laughs> no, no. If you want to talk about the, the pan and the goat at Muses and Mythology, because um, GJ told you to go look at it. I told you not to. <laughs> Podcast on podcast violence is what is occurring right now. <laughs> Alrighty, so where where have we where do we leave off? We left off when we were running again. We're constantly running away in this book. Like every single chapter, Ray and I are like they're just they're running away into the labyrinth <laughs> yeah. again it's and a lot again. Of dangerous stuff that wants to kill them down here. Yeah, I don't blame them for running away. <laughs> <laughs> it is in fact the labyrinth. It is just a lot of running. You know, just like Doctor mm-hmm. Who. <laughs> Awful lot of running to do. Yeah. Uh, Rachel hasn't been doing her cardio, though, so... <laughs> oh, yeah. She is struggling. She's an artist! She's not a demigod! She's not supposed to have to do these things! It's not <laughs> yeah. on purpose! Exactly. <laughs> well, you know what? She's the new companion to Percy and Annabeth's doctor. Um, she needs to... I guess this is... I'm just going with this Doctor Who stuff. Um, she needs to, she needs to get better at running now because she's in this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, Annabeth is a wreck, like absolutely yeah. broken. Well, she's got things that she's dealing with on her own. Also the look of it all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean by things. Oh yeah. I guess. All right. <laughs> you know, things, Luke. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not great. 
Um, what happened to him? We're not. No, no, he's gone. Um, you need to deal with it, Annabeth. I'm sorry. It's it's not great. She gets there eventually. <laughs> eventually, she's gonna be in denial still because <laughs> oh no, like he talked in Luke's voice when Rachel hit him. Um, mm-hmm. that blue plastic hairbrush that brought Luke back. That was the secret. It's got to be the hairbrush. <laughs> we have to go get it. Yeah, it's go the, back for it. The hairbrush breaks the spell. That's True the new magical MacGuffin. Hairbrush. <laughs> uh, Percy talks to Nico for a second, and he tells Percy that the only thing the girls could agree on is that uh, he would mess everything up without them, so they had to go get him. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, but also... Yeah, we we talked about it a little bit last chapter, but hey, um, Nico made a wall of black stone. Kronos knows that Nico's a child of Hades now, so I'm not great. I'm sure that's fine. But mm-hmm. also, Nico fucking earthbended. <laughs> Come on. Nico's Come powers on. are wild. They're just Seriously. wildly all the, all the big three are just insane. <laughs> oh, yeah. Two yeah, children that... big three have crazy fucking powers. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, so maybe Luke's not fully, uh, gone. Maybe he is. It's, it's hard to tell, but like, Annabeth, you need to, you need to not. Um, I'm sorry. She's having a rough time. Leave her alone. And we need to like, run the, yeah, we need to like, get out of here and not like, break down because we're in the fucking labyrinth. Everything wants to kill us. (laughs) Okay, that's true. (laughs) It's not the time. Wait till you get back to camp to have a breakdown. Um, you need to compartmentalize right now. Yeah, that's that's the life of a demigod. You can't just uh, stop and cry your eyes out. Sadly. Um, doo, 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 doo. We gotta run. We gotta run. Sorry, my brain is like trying to read at the same time. <laughs> All right. So then we see the Rasta cap. It's Grover's. Um, Grover's. What happened? Dun dun dun! Literally, the we we get like the space in the lines again, and this is where you would cut to commercial, right? You yeah, see that just lying pause. on the ground, and then commercial break. Come back! Oh no, what happened to Grover? We need to go find them. Like, forget Camp Applewood right now. We need to go find Grover and Tyson. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Nico's the one who says, what about Camp Half-Blood? And Annabeth's like, uh, these are our friends, so... <laughs> I think that's so interesting, actually, that right? Nico's yeah. worried Camp about Half-Blood. Camp. Yeah. To be fair, here's the thing. Uh, if I had... I would still save a couple friends over a whole school. Over my whole school, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> I'm much more alive to the view versus the lives of the many kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, we... They're also, like, maybe on the way, you know? They're right here. We found the hat. Like, we can go there, and then we can go to Camp Applewood. It's fine. We can do both, you know? It's all good. We're we're going there. And then immediately we find Grover and Tyson. There they are. Um, yeah, it wasn't that hard. It didn't take that long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're like right around the corner. <laughs> I mean, didn't Percy like, what, like two chapters ago have a dream about them or something? Like, probably. we, we figured mm-hmm. that they were probably like close by. There was um uh, an earthquake that happened to them at the same time as it happened to Percy. Yes. Well, they were like, fighting a big snake. Yeah, exactly. So like, they were probably like, Right across the way the entire time. And, hey, we got Rachel to find anything in this labyrinth. We can find anyone easily now. Yeah, it'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, okay, I don't think we've, like, talked about this, like, on this show yet. But, like, 
um, when we were talking about, like, labyrinths versus mazes before, mm-hmm. and how, like, a labyrinth technically only has, like, the one path, and then yeah. a maze has, like, multiple, I think, mm-hmm. so, so this technically has both, like, it's, it's got the, like, the twisty-turny, like, whatever. Well, it has one correct path, much as a maze, yeah. it's more of a maze. Mm-hmm. It is, but, like, I, I don't know. I yeah. feel like with Rachel, you get just the one correct path that she can goes see in and the out. Path, but it, it's because there were it still had the three paths. Remember, both Percy's like, like, well, let's go right, and then Anna goes, no, let's go left. And Rachel was like, we need to go to the middle. Don't you guys see the fucking glowing footsteps? <laughs> yeah, because the like it's a, lab- a maze. There's multiple branching roots. That's what a maze is. A labyrinth has the one winding route. Mm-hmm. That's what made uh, Daedalus's maze. And I'm sure you all have discussed about it, discussed this in the past when you actually dove into the labyrinth, but that's what made the, the labyrinth of the lore so incredible. Because by its very nature, you can't get lost in a labyrinth. It is one path that you will just, if you follow, just keep walking the same direction, you'll get to the end. But Daedalus's like architecture was so intricate that you could get turned around walking in one direction. And then in yeah. time, we just came to mm, a, like the word labyrinth and the word maze mm-hmm. are like live synonyms. So, but yeah, it's like Rachel, <laughs> like, cause yeah, I think the labyrinth isn't really a true labyrinth. It's an evil murder maze. But I think DJ had an interesting theory where what Rachel is seeing is the actual original path. Yeah. And that's... then the branching things are what like the murder maze built when it became, when it gained like its own sentience. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that that yeah, that's what I was like thinking. Like, yeah, Rachel seeing like the one true path that's here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the actual that labyrinth like, necessarily the makes maze. sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, but and that doesn't necessarily make sense because like you shouldn't be able to find uh, the it's a labyrinth that's just like I'm done being a labyrinth. But, it's a maze. But time. I like yeah, it because like it doesn't have to make spatial sense. sense. True. Also, this is fact. This is it's magic murder maze time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's the, the that's the new name for this book. Um, it's Magic Murder Maze Time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. So, um, once again, Grover is like passed out because every time there is something pan going on, Grover passes out. It seems mm-hmm. just too my much goodness. for him to handle. Yeah, this poor boy, poor goat boy. Like, yeah, I don't know. I like to imagine that he just like kind of gets high off of like pan magic every single time. Um, <laughs> that's definitely what happened last last book when he felt the presence of pan. Yeah. All right. So we're we're wading through a river to try to figure out where we are or to get to pan. Also, uh, we had to make introductions oh my god and tyson told rachel she was pretty which made annabeth's nostrils flare like she was going to blow fire annabeth my please goodness. i hate it i hate it so much listen the, the jealousy listen. i'm just not into it we need Me to we need okay to thank you <laughs> i was so into i think it was like last chapter or something where like annabeth and rachel seemed to actually be getting along and like bonding over things and i'm like annabeth rachel ship here we go here we go <laughs> and now we're we're back to anger um but you know what hey um she's mad at her because she likes her um <laughs> Oh, it's know. just perplexing because it, it is the Annabeth, the whole nature of her is like she is jealous of Rachel because she thinks that Percy likes Rachel, which he doesn't quite yet, but is on the path of potential. But it is just like, I don't know. I think this was Rick real 
being like, okay, I, how do I show that Annabeth likes Percy? I've actually not done that yet. Now I need to make my <laughs> ship work. And it doesn't, I can't stick a landing if you don't know Annabeth also likes Percy. Because I've been really hung up with this Luke thing. And it's really taken any opportunity we have for Annabeth to demonstrate she likes Percy. Well, Luke comes up and that's all she seems mm-hmm. to think about. So uh, how do I do that? Well, I'll just make her be like really mean to this other girl. Because that's how you show that girls like boys if they're mean to other girls about it. No, I think the way that Annabeth shows that she likes Percy is by being mean to him. Actually, <laughs> I think that's her love but language. I am sick of this like trope of like another mm-hmm. girl shows up, so obviously they have to be at odds with each other. But but they are at odds no. with each other. No, they they're both not like at Percy. Odds. They are. No, they are yeah. though. No, they, no, they, they are. In love. <laughs> they're in love I with each that- other. I think what annoys me is the uh, her just being mean to Rachel. Like yeah, a comment yeah. of like, oh, I had to play dumb. Oh, was it hard? Like, Annabeth, what the hell? Like, I get you not wanting Are her around because you Annabeth feel threatened. Are you looking down on someone's not outside of, or not within Annabeth's fucking character? She looked down on Percy the first two books. No, she didn't. Okay, but this is <laughs> she so... She did! She did for the first <laughs> she half of the book. She down on like, Percy. She, she, uh, definitely the first book she did. In what ways? Just given the fact, oh, he's new, he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, and yeah, I'm here to fucking help him. She just, and like, he's a son of Poseidon, and we're supposed to be at odds. Yeah, she had this whole thing. Yeah, but that's not the same as her looking down on him. That's her desperately trying to uh, replicate the behavior of her mother in order to gain her absent parents' acceptance. <laughs> yeah, looking hmm. down on him, as I said, being hurt people hurt people, Darren, you know? <laughs> Anyway, Stop. <laughs> I, I, oh my god! I mean, part of my um, uh, Rachel Annabeth agenda is the fact that she's treating Rachel the same way that she treated Percy in the Lightning Thief, where she's like, "Oh my god, I have to like not like you, um, because like, ew, you're like a mortal. Like, mm, we're we're not we're not going here right now. Like, whatever. Um, I'm annoyed by you, but actually, I kind of like you. Um, but I can't <laughs> talk about that right now. It's not important. We got to do this quest, you know." I don't know. I'm not convinced. I think that when when Annabeth's mean to Percy, it's usually because he has done something justifiable that he now now needs to get dunked on. With Rachel, it's just and it's out also the teasing antagonism. Like, also, this jealousy mm-hmm. of Tyson being like, "Oh, she's pretty," and Rachel being or Annabeth being like, "What the fuck?" That part's weird. <laughs> that part's a little goofy. Listen, it took a while for Annabeth to like Tyson, so. She, now she's like, oh, look, Tyson's my little special guy, like, and he thinks I'm so cool. Like, huh, that's that's awesome. Um, and now she's like, someone else has affection. Yeah, 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 I don't like that. It's annoying. Out of all of her jealousy things, this one I actually kind of bought, because that's like her thing, I mean, yeah, is Tyson I understand. calling her pretty. Like, it, her behavior is not unreasonable not unreasonable is she not is a 15 like, year old girl dealing with exactly it is unreasonable but it's not feelings. what's her fatal flaw it's pride like she thinks she's the coolest person ever right so uh, someone else gets attention it's a uh, humor think she can do it better Con- yeah the the belief that she can be better or more competent yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah. she's also just being very petty true very true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. All right. Let's move on <laughs> from so this. Just another thing in the box of, hey, love triangles mostly suck. That, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Alrighty. So we are getting to this really cool uh, place. I I just can't possibly, like, this is, this is just, like, a really cool, like, random like cave that they're in we got we got like uh they're in carlsbad caverns which is a place that i've been they have cool bat flights there 
that All sounds right. fun. Nice. I love it when these places are relevant to my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's happened a few times recently, actually. <laughs> yeah, Middle America. So, we got lots of cool, like, plants, and it's, like, it doesn't feel like it's underground. It feels, like, nice and, like, the wilderness. Huh. Perfect place for Panda Bee. Like, we were talking about earlier, oh, yeah, why would Pan be in the labyrinth? Because <laughs> no one expects him to be in there. But actually, uh-huh. actually, it's not because, oh, no one would expect this. This is the wild. We found the wild within the labyrinth. Ha! We did it, folks. This is not the wild. <laughs> this is it the is wild. the wilds in the context of Riordan's view of the wilds. We are in a national park <laughs> that has been We're walled so off and caves. mapped out and controlled. <laughs> this, it, it's like calling this the wild would like be, would like is like calling Mount Olympus the sky. It's not. It is a very mm. special domain crafted by a god, but it is crafted to yeah. suit that god's specific needs and purpose. It is still in some way being maintained. And the wilds are things that are not inherently maintained. Yeah. Like the everything that- in this space is maintained by Pan. <clears throat> it's bad. <laughs> no, so, okay, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm no, I'm saying, dude, I'm saying Riordan's definition of the wilds is bad. That, sorry, Ray, <laughs> that, go that's on. That's what I'm saying. Well, this also isn't supposed to be the actual wild. I don't think it's a shadow of the wild. This is what's yeah. left. You know, yeah. these are extinct creatures. This is something that is already gone and dead that is being preserved unnaturally. And so, yes, thematically, I feel like it honestly works. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with that. Yeah, when you frame it like that, how it's something that's already dead and gone, and how that, yeah, and when we get to what Pan's message is in this space, when framed like that, I agree. It, it does work for what Rick Ryder decided to use Pan for here in this, like, mm. eco-message she was giving. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to know what, like, these two animals that Percy doesn't know what they are, are, um, like, we, we have... Well, we got a dodo bird and a woolly mammoth that are named, mm-hmm. and then we got like a wolf tiger. What what is that? Um, That's a Tasmanian tiger, isn't it? Is it? I That's what I, I, know I, I always figured. I, I thought it was the Hagerman horse. <laughs> it's. Uh, I don't think it's the Hagerman horse, DJ. Why not? <laughs> because it's described as a wolf tiger. Yeah, Tasmanian probably the tiger. tiger. I want to see yeah, what this it looks, looks like. like. It's Ooh, a, okay. Yeah, it's like a large, like it's a canine. Or well, it's a carnivorous marsupial. But it looks very wolf-like, but it's got stripes. That's very cool. So, and it's understandably something that Percy wouldn't recognize as being a Tasmanian tiger. Yeah. Because he's not one of those weird kids that was obsessed with learning about extinct animals. Or didn't play Tie the Tasmanian Tiger when he was Or didn't up. play Tie the Tasmanian Tiger on or the PlayStation 2. didn't play Tie the Tasmanian Tiger when it released on the PC in 2017. <laughs> 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 I got all four games. Wow. I think I know what your plug is going to be at the end of the episode. Always. Always plugs. Um, and then we got huge rodent, like the mother of all guinea pigs. Um, for one thing, Percy should be like having PTSD right now about guinea mm-hmm. pigs from seeing that. <laughs> oh Fair. my god! Yeah, it, nah, it's... Percy doesn't have like any trauma. Dude watched his mom die, and he's like, "Let's go get her back." <laughs> I... <laughs> no trauma. <laughs> this man is anti-trauma. <laughs> 
No you can survive. The good thing about ADHD is that your memory problems let you just not think about all of the bad things that have happened to you. <laughs> or it lets you obsess about all of those things. Um, <laughs> hey, you know, to hey. each their own. <laughs> yeah, I think Percy's coping mechanism is straight up to not think about anything ever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just I want to know what this big rodent is. What's 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 a yep. evil guinea pig <laughs> thing doing here? Um, yeah, that one I'm not sure of, and I can't actually find uh, a, a well, maybe there's a Reddit thread I just found that maybe ooh. It's, it's just a buffalo-sized guinea pig. Like, it's well, just yeah. a big fuck-off guinea pig. Yeah, I mean, there are the, the like, the, the super-massive uh, fauna, and, like, massive rodents were a thing. Where am I? This is a terrible list. Hmm. I'm, I'm just wondering how they would do this in the show. Like, I, I really want to see this scene, just because I think it would look very cool. I mean, yes, Pan is um not great, but Disney's got that money. They're just gonna bring those <laughs> animals actually back to life. They, they secretly <laughs> yeah. have like all of those animals, didn't you know? They're on ice with Disney's exactly. head. Yeah, you know? it's the only description I can find is it's just re-describing the the with description, the yeah. just like the, the mother of all guinea pigs. Yeah, no, there I can't even find a list of anyone like guessing what they they think the creature Rude. might be. Percy Jackson Reddit, I mean, get on this. What is it? Um. Okay, so yeah, we got lots of cool shit in here. Um, and then we have the old satyr. Um, okay, he's got ginormous horns, and he's like just just old goat man, and he's got his reed pipes and everything. And he's so tired. He's this man just needs to go take a long nap. He has been trying to, and the satyrs will not let him rest. <laughs> Stop believing in me. I want to go to sleep. I want to die. Okay. Okay. Oh. So, oh. Oh. Uh, the Joseph Artigasia monocy, an extinct species of South American cavimorph rodent, the largest rodent known, lived four to two million years ago. It it's just massive. It's just a massive guinea pig. Nice. That is cool. The you found it. Thing I can. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I'm looking at the yeah prehistoricfauna.com. <laughs> yeah, and it just looks like a giant guinea pig. Weirdly, I don't know. I mean, mammoth, dodo, bird, Tasmanian tiger. Those are all like pretty top. So I, that's what makes me think I'm wrong. It feels like this, what Percy is describing, must be a more commonly known extinct creature. Hmm. But What is it? Required and tell us, please. I want but to yeah. know what it is. I mean, Rick Riordan is also a history teacher, so he probably is like, this is a pull from me. <laughs> no, that's fair. It could also just be for him. Maybe it's his favorite massive extinct rodent. Yeah. Maybe he just really likes guinea pigs. Um, I just really like guinea pigs. You never know. Uh, yeah, so Pan is here. Grover, he's just so emotional. Falls to his knees. Mm-hmm. Well, this is literally his god. Yeah. Like, he's met gods, but this is his god. Mm -hmm. yeah. The god of all satyrs. And Grover's just like, I got lost. Aw. That that line hits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The fact that this is the lost God speaks, but no, Grover is the lost one. Um mm -hmm. Pan was not lost. Okay. His laugh fills like the room with springtime. Like <laughs> and hope. Wow. What also what the hell is going on with this dodo bird? Um <laughs> She just feels it. It's the vibes. I'm it is Time for us to all come together around the campfire. I, no. 
She's singing It's a Small World, and yeah. I hate her. Um. <laughs> uh, it's a reference to Zazu. No. It, no. It is a I reference it. to Zazu. <laughs> it's a small world after all. No, no, anything but that. No, but for real, <laughs> I actually got a lovely bunch, a bunch of coconuts. There they are, sending in a row. Uh, I actually love It's a Small World. I think it's great. I find it very moving. Hit it I... out of the park. I can I never can go on that ride because I'm like nope this song will be stuck in my head forever I have to be wearing we headphones if I'm forced on the ride. ride we had fast passes to go on it and then at the last minute I decided fuck it let's go on Peter Pan yeah, let's do Peter Pan good instead. that's a better right idea off. Peter Pan is way better one hundred percent yeah but I've already been on Peter Pan <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we actually hadn't done the new line that had they put up since we've that's been true. there in like two thousand nine and cool. that was actually really good. That was a lot longer than anticipated. I They hit the line real well. I thought it was moving a lot quicker than it was, but it was still fun. Uh, I, I do think the Anaheim version is better, though. They have updated it more recently, and it is distinctly better. But No, I enjoy the um, racially insensitive indigenous people in that. <laughs> no, they also just have, like, the stars are around you. As, we can't do this right now. Um, but, okay, listen, I took Johnny and Tiff into Enchanted Tiki Room, and they were not enchanted. So that's where I was like, there's no way these bitches are going to enjoy It's a Small World. Let's get on the fan. Like, but, here's the thing, Darian. But it's Darian. the Tiki, 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 Tiki Room. In the Tiki, yeah, Tiki, and they, Tiki, Two out of five tiki people room. enjoy It's a Small World. I would yeah, argue. And I, and I did, and listen, I thought Johnny would at least like when the tiki gods sing at the end, and he was just, why did we do this? Why did you make us come in here, Terry? Listen, you go to the enchanted tiki room because you, you get your, um, God, why am I forgetting what it's called? Dole Whip. You get your Dole wonderful Whip. Dole Whip. I love Dole Whip so much. And then you sit in there to get, just get away from the heaps. That's all you need. <laughs> That's why you go to the tiki room. And also to listen to the birds sing, um, and the flowers croon in the tiki, 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 tiki room. Um, <laughs> I did Space Mountain and got a very killer picture with a mother and her daughter. You did. It's incredible, DJ. Your Space Mountain picture <laughs> is 10 out of 10. I've, I've been on Space Mountain two different times. One was hyperspace, one was normal space. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten a killer picture both times. I don't know. Ghost Galaxy beats ass. They only do it in Anaheim during Halloween. But yeah, that ride kicks ass. I believe it. A galaxy comes to life and tries to eat you. This is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Ray, have we alienated you um now? Uh I I've I've been to Disney before. Okay. Okay, cool. I couldn't remember. I've I've I was in the tiki 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 room once in my life. Good, uh, good. In which case I finally learned <laughs> what my point. cousins had always been referencing throughout my childhood oh. <laughs> to my great confusion. Good. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm glad we talked about Disney um, once again. We always have to. <laughs> um, okay, so this dodo bird is named Dee Dee. Also important information. And she's 100% um, trolling the god of the wild, which is good for her. That. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, yeah. I forgot that she's humming like a funeral. Was that say dirge? I've never yeah, seen dirge. this word in my life. <laughs> never. Never seen dirge? No, is it used? Come on, ridiculous! Is, is it not just a funeral march? Is that not what it's called? No, it's different. Hmm. I can't really articulate why it's different, but yeah, they're just slightly different. Yeah, it's not for vibes. marching to. It's for like wallowing in your pain to. It's everyone is standing there. It is raining. They are okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about now. Cool. Yeah. So, um, 
Annabeth loves this place. It's so beautiful. Um, architecture could never. <laughs> Which is a fascinating could. thing for Annabeth to say. Yes, that feels like incorrect for I've Annabeth seen some to amazing architecture far greater than like most caves that I've seen. <laughs> yeah, it feels like Annabeth should look around and be like, like I oh, I would love to replicate this in architecture. Like just be inspired, but like it I think is also the environmentalism of like of the messaging being like nature will always be something that is beyond humanity's ability. Mm-hmm. Or nature yeah. will always create something that humanity cannot create on its own. And I guess that's to like emphasize that like how important it is that we preserve all this stuff because we can't recreate it once it's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like architecture is like specifically like made and and um words words are bad. Um, it's like des- <laughs> it's designed in that specific way, and then nature just happens, just fucking happens. Yeah. it's not it's not a plan. So you know, it's it's the opposite of everything annabeth is and she's like wow that's even more beautiful shit mm-hmm. so pan is or grover is like wow pan i found him he's here you can help save the wild it's great no he can't i'm sorry grover it's not gonna happen um mm-hmm. yeah it's such an immense tragedy for grover that he found the god who was supposed to save him mm-hmm. and it turns out that he's completely powerless and it's up to grover again <laughs> Yeah. See, the thing here is that, like, Pan isn't actually, like, the trope that I talked about. Uh, like, haha, I fooled you all. Um, <laughs> that's what the satyrs think he is, but he's yeah. not. Like, he's just a guy who, <laughs> who, like, is the symbol for all that is the wilds, or whatever that may mean. I'm sure we're gonna talk about that. Um, and, the wild doesn't exist in the same way anymore. And also, he's a god. He can't really just, like, I don't know. These The way these gods work doesn't seem to be they'll wave their hand and they'll just, like, save that thing. Yeah. Like, he's he's the embodiment of that thing. Mm-hmm. He it, it also has to, like, reflect him. It, he reflects the state of his realm. Um, I think that's, like, a quote from Last Olympian. Uh, spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you know, like, um, I know many... Percy Jackson podcasts have probably talked about like the whole like um oh like the people believe in like the gods and thus the gods exist and like they rule over these things mm-hmm. um and like how it's kind of like uh it's kind of like a circular thing where like the belief maintains them and they maintain everything else mm-hmm. and everything yeah, else but, proves the belief but with yeah. that with Pan it's broken like that motif that Rick Riordan has established is broken because the satyrs still believe. They all still believe. They still literally have spent generations upon generations mm-hmm. going out to try to find him. They believe in a way that humans aren't believing in, in Zeus or Poseidon. They just continue to tell stories about them. And that sort of a cultural reverence is enough. Satyrs but- don't count. Apparently, satyrs don't count because Pan's reason for fading is that his domain is gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know. It's a very interesting thing where, like, humans are definitely still talking about Pan. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. like, there's still stories about him that exist and survive. But it's the fact that the people who believe in him and also his domain, literally what, what he symbolizes, doesn't exist in the same way anymore. Which hasn't happened to any of the other gods, so we don't really know, you know, how... Like, if the ocean was gone tomorrow, what happens to Poseidon? <laughs> 
you know? <laughs> That's the thing I was going to say, is that the other gods aren't being used in this fashion. Like, yeah. Poseidon is uh, of the ocean, but he is not seen as being, like, a nature god. The same way that Pan has been framed mm-hmm. as being mm-hmm. a nature god. Like it, it and, and that's a distinction, I think, because Rick Riordan, specifically, this was the arc he set out to do, is show Grover from a, a young person who believes in a greater cause, becoming the, not just an activist supporting that cause, but a leader of that cause mm-hmm. in his own right. Like, that is Grover's arc here. And the loss of Pan is what transitions him from activist into leader. Mm -hmm. And that wouldn't work for any of the other gods, even though there are a lot of gods who are associated with nature quite heavily in many different fashions. But over time, we have like, all like the nymphs and stuff and river gods and all these other characters who in like were traditionally seen as like gods of nature as well Mm -hmm. they are in these stories being framed as anyone who the satyrs can turn to for help and protection it all is put into pan all of that for this purpose for pan to die that I think that's why DJ, the whole thing about Rick Riordan's definition of nature is wonky, or uh, the fact that the gods believe in, uh, humans believe in gods and they exist, but that doesn't work for Pan disappears. It's because he isn't actually being used in this story of gods and demigods and heroes. He's being used for something else. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. I don't know. I also think it's interesting that Rick Riordan decided to go this route with Pan. Like, I don't know, I the whole, like, the great god Pan is dead story always just gets mm-hmm. me. I'm like, that didn't happen. Um, <laughs> Pan Were you didn't there, Charlie? Die. Do you know? Pan didn't die. I know, we've talked about I'm this before. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. pe- people still, like, worshipped him mm-hmm. in ways. Um, okay, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Like, who came up with this idea that oh, Pan died? That was a Polark. The historian, he reported it based off of a account that his, basically his cousin heard from another dude who was on a ship where it supposedly <laughs> happened. Yeah, literally, who trusts this? Who in their right mind mm-hmm. trusts this story? <laughs> like, oh yeah, I heard it from a guy who heard it from another guy who heard it from another guy, heard it from that guy's cousin. It, it happened. Yeah, and it's, and it's interesting because it's like, and his like, oh, his historian. And he was. But in this, like, where this story is found, it was actually part of a series of essays where he wrote about why there aren't so many oracles anymore. Hmm. And his theory essentially is like, well, we don't need them as much. Like, it's him trying to solve, like, this, like, scientific question of, like, but there were so many oracles before, where are they now? Basically, and that's where this story is presented. And, and it's interesting. Also, uh, Rick Riordan name drops a specific satyr who is said to be the one that delivered the yeah, message. Yeah, that's like Rick's another Rick OC. Do not steal. That person <laughs> is not from anywhere. I may, maybe they are. Maybe there's some really obscure scrap that's just been buried under. If you search it, only the Battle the of the Labyrinth is... story comes up. But... I want to see if anything comes up. Like, let's see, satyrs. Um, there's there's definitely like a list of satyrs on the satyr page. Let's see, yeah. do you have a license? There um, is a character I think has names that are similar, but they aren't. Yeah, like, it's not said that they're associated with the great god Pan is dead story because that message in the the account isn't attributed to anyone specifically. It's attributed to the person the message was said to be for, but there is no account of who the message came from. So, so I do it's like probably as- just Rick combining myths like he does sometimes. Yeah, and I think it makes total sense for 
this is such an important thing for the satyrs. Humans wouldn't have written down who delivered the message, but the satyrs certainly would have. Like this satyr would have been held in reverence. Like we talked about, oh no, Jesus earlier in like the Christianity of the <laughs> apostles. They know, we know all the apostles' names because of that. I think like if Pan is like this, we're playing our God figure, this satyr feels like an apostle type who they would have carried his name mm-hmm. down because if he's so important to be the one to relay this message. Yeah. Um, so when I look up Lysis Seder, the first thing that comes up, Rick Riordan Wiki. Um, yeah. The second <laughs> thing that comes up is Greek Mythology History, WordPress.com. Um, mm. I think that is somebody who just like wrote it down and stole it from this because there is no other like source source that mm-hmm. says anything about this character. Yeah, definitely Rick OC, OC do not steal. Yeah, so Lysis does not exist. Um, <laughs> Pan is dying, even though he really shouldn't be. But you know what? Rick really wanted to go with this whole, like, we have to save nature thing, which is very cool to be one of Mm -hmm. his, like, uh, one of his themes, even though I feel like he could have leaned into it more. I don't know. He leans into it a lot, but not enough. You know it does I mean? come off as mm-hmm. not well integrated into the overall plot mm-hmm. of the books. Yeah, it's like especially it's going it's forward. Grover's side story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not Percy. It's Grover's side story. Yeah, especially in the, I think it's obviously like minor spoilers for the next series, but like that is such a yeah. compl- it's lost entirely, and it makes it very perplexing. But it, it, I can't get into that now. Yeah, but, yeah. And he realized in the fa- series after that, I was like, I kind of fumbled that. Let's try to pick up a little bit but it's like about like things that are actually outside of human control (laughs) yeah 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 it's not like hey let's go fucking bomb the oil drills like let's go eco-terrorism now listen i wish i really want grover to go all poison ivy though like Mm -hmm. can we get that spinoff actually where grover just becomes an (laughs) eco-terrorist I'm totally here for it, actually. Yeah, and I mean, the thing about that is, it is the actual most logical result for Grover's character, specifically being literally a part of nature itself, not just someone mm-hmm. who like advocates for it and recognizes its value or recognizes that a species cannot survive on this planet without protecting and like doing steps to mitigate the harm that humanity has caused by our, our constant consumption and destruction. When Grover dies, he will become a plant. All the nymphs he knows, the nymphs who are essentially mothers of satyrs, like uh, the way satyrs are born are from, mm-hmm. as we only, we only have one example, but it's nymphs. They're literally a part of nature itself. And so it's not just like advocating and holding up sides and pushing for legislation. Grover's literal life and culture and like species depends on protecting nature. And so turning on humanity and those destructive forces through acts of like violence that cannot be ignored and this is the most logical thing as it is the most logical thing for any oppressed group that is being the victim of a system that does not care for them and it's not out of line for things that have already happened in the books honestly like in book one they just release some wild animals in the middle of a city like yeah but it's 
Yeah, in Vegas. It's okay, but they got... But, he, but that's the other thing. That Grover gives them, like, a blessing of Pan so they will be safe until they find somewhere safe to go. That's another thing, is that Rick Riordan cannot actually have his characters address the true causes of the threat to the environment as it exists, because those causes are not supernatural. They are not gods. They are not monsters. Mm-hmm. They are humanity and the systems that humanity has built for its global economy. And that's... And that's- that's the backdrop uh, of the series. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's you can't the get world into it. that it's in. Yeah. But to Rick could get into it, but it would be a very, very different book for him to do. Mm-hmm. So the best he could do is DJ, as you pointed out in the third book of the Trials of Apollo series, have it talk about the suffering and loss that is being caused by. And that's the thing that our heroes can do to help. I think his way into something like that is in fact Meg. Yes. Right. Because the satyrs can't do anything because it's human problems, but the demigods can do something. Hmm. That's. I think that's it. So why don't we? That's another problem with the arc is that the is that demigods simply don't care. Yeah. I mean, Percy cares because Grover is his to friend. To be fair to demigods, though, they're dealing with a lot. <laughs> they are literally dealing with constantly being murdered on a regular basis. So yep. I don't actually blame them. <laughs> they came out even <laughs> but... <laughs> pay attention to the real human world right now. Oh, they have to deal with yeah. monsters. Yeah. yeah. But like Percy's best friend is a satyr. Like they could care. But again, that's just, that's, and that's, I don't think that's a failure. Percy had of, two of, prophecies in his lifetime revolving around him. Like he ex- needs, he exactly. needs a break. <laughs> exactly. And so I'm not saying that this is a failing of Rick Riordan as a writer or a failing even of the story. Cause I think the stories of what they're trying to tell are very successful. And I do appreciate him integrating this message of environmentalism in for his readers because it is something they can take into the real world and use practically but it leaves a lot to be desired within the world itself Mm -hmm. because that problem unfortunately hasn't gone away since these books (laughs) first since this book first came out versus the the sun and the star that just came out Hmm. like rick's still writing in this world and that problem has only gotten worse so how do you deal with it now yeah. Hmm. Well, like somewhere in that, you brought up the the animals from the Lightning Thief, and I just realized they should have been here. What if those animals oh, I would have loved that. had had been like protected by Pan since that mm-hmm. happened? Actually, that would have been a great callback. Honestly, I think I would respect Pan so much more if that was the case because like honestly as Ray described earlier this like little nook is a thing that has long faded that he has only kept around for his own comfort like he is still around and has yet done nothing for the people who still believe in him yeah he his domain is falling but all he's done he is drug satyrs to him and drug pan to him just to tell him peace and fa- and just to get the satyrs to let him die wait wait he's I the mean, meme to be fair to he's pan, the meme yeah. of that guy sure he- Yes, he is. Pan like explain, hey, this is a, like what what I am is essentially just like a voicemail. I I died two thousand years ago. I'm not yep. fucking here anymore. Yeah, that is what. Yeah, literally, Pan tells him like, oh, you know, I've my you only prolong my long, painful passing, my dark twilight sleep. It must end. And Grover, no, dear Grover, you must accept the truth. Your companion Nico, he understands. Nico nodded slowly. He's dying. He should have died a long time ago. This this is more like a memory. Okay, so not to bring it back to Doctor Who again, but my brain is like, oh, like he's he's not actually here. This is a memory. Um, messing with wibbly wobbly timey wimey. It's that. It's where the things start lining up, and like this is a message from the past. But Pan knew what they were gonna say. Actually, mm-hmm. he's not here. Yeah, that's my thing. It's like a pocket dimension, but it yeah. is also like he he is because the what he describes is that he is dead, but he has not been able to pass 
fully because the satyrs have clung to him so intently that he doesn't get to be gone. Yeah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. if you can imagine, he describes it as like a long, painful passing. And with that description, can you blame him for creating this little pocket nook? with a couple of these, like, animals to, like, aid in his comfort. This is basically hospice for Pan. <laughs> Literally. He all, this is he's got God a bed of the wild hospice. right there, and those are all his hospice nurses, those animals. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's all it Music is. therapy yeah. with Didi? <laughs> Fucking Didi. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's another chi word, but I don't think it's therapy. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, so Pan is just like, I, I have to die. Please. Let me fucking die. Um, mm-hmm. Grover's like, no, 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 no. But either way, Pan is, is gonna die. Um, he's just like, whatever. Um, and then he speaks to each one of these characters, um, mm-hmm. except for one. Mm-hmm. Um, even Nico. though he technically addressed Nico. He does. This is what's wild, is that everyone gets this little pep talk, this little piece of advice that they needed most, and and he doesn't, and Nico doesn't get one, and it actually would have been, like, less insulting if he just not acknowledged Nico at all, but he uses Nico to mm-hmm. get, push Grover into accepting the truth, because of who Nico is and that his is, ability. And it's, it's a slap in the face. Up. It's a total slap in the face. Like, mm-hmm. so, okay, so these are important things that he said to each character, though. So, Percy, um, I know what you have seen today. I know your doubts, but I give you this news. When the time comes, you will not be ruled by fear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, Percy's not going to be afraid. Cool. Good to know. Um, all right, Annabeth, uh, your time is coming. You will play a great role, though it may not be the role you imagined. Uh, oof. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely not the role she imagined. Uh, mm-hmm. all right. So, Tyson, do not despair. Heroes rarely live up to our expectations, but you, Tyson, your name shall live among the Cyclops for generations. That is a lesson that Grover is learning right in this moment. I'm gonna cry. Tyson. Tyson is gonna be the mm. coolest forever. Um, okay. Another reason why Pan is cancelled. He just said Rachel Dare. What about no, her he middle name? I forgot the Elizabeth. No, that is so embarrassing for him. Dare. Yeah. You have to say the middle name. It's yeah. part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what he says. Robert Jr. <laughs> So what he says is, I know you believe you cannot make amends, but you are just as important as your father. Um, I know you don't believe this now, but look for opportunities. They will come. Ooh, ominous. This is like some real fortune cookie-ass shit. It really (laughs) is. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like at the end of the series, we're going to have to like come back to this chapter and see if he was correct in these things. Yeah, because it is all end of the series stuff. Yeah. Um, and then Grover, (laughs) my goodness, he gets, you know, beautiful. You are the strongest and bravest. Your heart is true. You believed in me more than anyone ever has, which is why you must bring the message and why you must be the first to release me. So sad. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... Yeah, then we get um a little etymology session where he's like, oh yeah, pan? It used to mean rustic, but now actually it means all. Um, so, you know, pansexual means, means all and not mm-hmm. rustic se- sexual, um, as you might believe. <laughs> and, and that's also so interesting how it, with the acknowledge of this etymology session, it, it, in Pan himself saying that like, oh, the spirit of the wild must pass to all of mm-hmm. you now, the word means all. Doesn't make but sense. But that does not, I mean, it, I, I under, I, it does make sense for me, at least what 
in Ritwork is going and the, the conclusion of the message being do not you cannot rely on one hero to save you this mission goes to all to like save everyone mm-hmm. like save the wild save it but the 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 idea that pan himself could not change in response to even though this all changed but pan couldn't change he's been dying for 5000 years essentially imagine not being able to change like the other gods could yeah, I think the Fucking problem wild. here is that, like, Pan definitely True. should be able to change and adapt just like all of them. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That's the one thing the that does not make sense. The wilds of the modern day is at, in the current modern day, is like AI. Like, that's the wilds of the what? modern day. What? <laughs> <laughs> I this hate is it. This is some space mm-hmm. the fun. Online shit. You know, I want to see Pan teched out. Fucking, like, cyber eye. Like, I want it all, dude. You want that is what the wilds of the modern day are. No, I'll, I'm over here thinking space, the final frontier. Pan, I mean, the yeah, god of space. Too, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, all the universe. <laughs> He's yeah. literally, A, Pan's there it. in 69, like, the only place left for me is the moon. Pan, Fuckers! <laughs> Pan just moves to, like, a different planet, actually, mm-hmm. at the end of this instead. It's just like, Earth is dead, y'all. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so Grover releases him, um, and he just dissolves. Um, the fact that yeah, mm-hmm. the fact that Percy um talks about how this is similar to Kronos. A once again, we're getting those parallels between this and what just happened with Kronos. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's not the same, but it's still like you know weird wisps of energy. Um, and it goes in their mouths. Hey, this is just like oh, fucking yeah. Christianity. There's a there was a <laughs> lot of like, uh, you know, when Pan is talking, uh, Dee Dee even like starts singing Kumbaya to make fun of him. Um, but mm-hmm. it's just like the fucking tongues of fire or whatever in Pentecost. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, what? for real. The Holy Spirit is within you all. Oh my God, I hate it. Actually. <laughs> oh oh i'm, I'm getting i'm getting like flashbacks to catholic school now this is wonderful <laughs> where it's like oh yeah no jesus is also within you so like you got to be nice to yourself right uh-huh. actually well, that's why it's a sin okay and it's and it's so perplexing for this to happen here after the chronos thing i mean not perplexing it's nice to have this moment of B and then we still have stuff to do and we have to resolve the pan thing here so Grover searching for pan isn't a thing that we have to worry about in the last book where we're dealing with like the <laughs> final <laughs> battles and stuff but it suggests that going forward following this message of pan will be a priority for all involved and it's just simply not no and with priority the literal it, it's like yeah, side quest it's ended like, it's done yeah like the fact that it, it, it's gonna be one thing if Pan just disappeared and faded, but the fact that a little bit of his like his essence goes into all of them suggests that this is something that is to be carried forward. So if, yeah, if you want to compare it again to what happened with Kronos and Luke, like Pan is inside of them, just like Kronos like took over Luke. <laughs> um, like so, like we know that Grover got, but what did everybody else get? Right, they all need to get weird Pan powers. Come on. So I do uh, think. I do think that this is more for the audience than it is for mm-hmm. the book or the characters or anything. Oh, wow. This is to Agree. this is a call to action, and that's really the purpose of this chapter. Yes, is to make nature yes, seem is. cool and good and make you care about it. I think you're absolutely correct, Ray. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> to to make a reference to another fandom, 
Um, it's 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 Sunstone. We we have had Sunstone um here in the pod today saying, "Hey, worry about the Earth, folks. You gotta <laughs> worry about the planet. Save the planet that you live on." Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> The fact that we end on Grover saying, tell them that we have to tell them that the great God Pan is dead. Fucking A. I do love a symmetry. <laughs> I do love it. I think I think that's, like I said, I like the way this chapter is written. I think it is written so strongly and intentionally. I don't think anyone can accuse of Rick Riordan of, like, wasting a beat or missing an opportunity in this chapter. I think he pulls that, the strings together for this narrative is done so tightly here. Mm-hmm. Here specifically. Just here. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I have weird thoughts and feelings that I can't fully formulate about Pan and all of this. Um, I also think it's very funny that, um, like, Pan, who's, like, also kind of the god of, like, like, he's he's kind of associated with, like, Hermes and, like, traveling and all of those things. And he's the lost god. Um, just mm-hmm. just take a moment for how funny that is to me. Um, this... <laughs> Not all who wander are lost, though. He wasn't... He wasn't lost. Yeah, exactly. Everybody lost him. <laughs> that, oh! Yeah. They lost him. He was never lost, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. Yeah. Pan, goodbye. Uh, rip, Pan. It's... I'm, I'm thinking of That's so many memes chat. that Robert could make now. Um, for this chapter, <laughs> we, we we need to have the um, Barry Allen with the the Oliver Queen like the rip. He's doing the peace sign, yeah. but it's like Pan, and then Pan is also on the grave. Um. <laughs> oh, that's wild. Anyway, that's a freebie for you, Robert. Um, alrighty, folks, that's the chapter. Where Woo! where can we find Woo! you two wonderful people on the internet? You can find us over at Muses Mythology. Uh, it is our mythology podcast where we talk about how ancient myths have become modern pop culture through the lens of Rick Riordan's Percy Jackson and the Olympian series. We are currently on hiatus, but in uh, when does this episode come out? The last one was the Pride episode, so that, this is going to be sometime in June. Yeah, this is going to be a June episode. Mm-hmm. So we are currently on hiatus between books four and five, but we will be coming back in July to go weekly, getting us through Battle of the Labyrinth. And you can find us at any of your podcatchers. So any app, we're there. I made sure of it. It's Muses of Mythology. You can also check us out on Instagram at musesofmyth.com. Yeah, on Instagram at musesofmyth. Musesofmyth.com. That's your Instagram handle. Well, (laughs) well, we also have a website. So you can also visit our website, musesofmythology.com. We have all of the episodes there and I am working on getting the episode transcripts of available as well Ooh. i'm on twitter at muses of oh, mythology yeah. or whatever it is yeah. uh, oh twitter occasionally occasionally i'll just like I'll get just... a twitter notification that someone has responded to something we've tweeted and i open it up and realize that dj just randomly will tweet shit on our twitter i'll think of something that i find funny and then i'll just tweet it out I don't know. yeah it's wow. there was a crying very... clown some weeks back i was uh yeah that was funny i was very proud of my most recent post but you know yes it is, um, wow. I'm going to say that's not a, um, authorized podcast channel at this point anymore. It's, you will it's not get official. Any... It's, it's official, official, but you... Authorized? Yes. But it's official. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's the unofficial official podcast yep. Twitter. It's, it's the ineffable Twitter account. Well, we're still no longer on Twitter because Twitter fucking sucks. Um, uh, 
gross, gross things. It does, but it's actually currently the only way I can communicate with our graphic designer. So that is valid. Stay on there. That is valid. Are, Keep it for the DMs. Only on for networking. I don't know why they're not on Instagram. It's a crime. But you know what? If you keep it for the DMs, maybe they you're just fine. don't like Instagram. I don't like and that's Instagram. Fair. I I also don't that's love impressive. Instagram because you need to have a picture to make a post, and I'm like. This is There'd terrible. There'd be a lot more sad clowns on right. the mythology on the Muses of Mythology page if I had access to that, and that's the only way I could post something. And there'd be it'd be some no. weird mm-hmm. fucking picture, and then the no. things that I just post on Twitter. And DJ <laughs> would break my beautifully, carefully crafted page that I worked so hard on, and get. I think that no needs to happen for. on like April first. That needs to happen. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. I'm giving you ideas. <laughs> um, all right, folks. Do we have some media recommendations? Anything that you've been like watching, reading, listening to that you've been just loving lately? Uh, I just got Far Cry 6. I played it about a year ago. I almost beat it, but I my Ubisoft Plus account uh, ran out. So oh. I never beat it. But now I'm playing through it again. And it's an actual banger of a game. The gameplay is super smooth. The story is, like, fun, but it's also, it's a Far Cry game. If you don't know how the story goes for those games, oh, crazy. There's a guy who's going nuts, and you got to fight the resistance. Woo. That's all it is. That's all it is. That's all it is. <laughs> gameplay in this one is fucking killer, though. I highly recommend it, and I very much enjoy um, the parallels between the land that you play in and Cuba. Anyway. Huh, okay. Uh, I am going to recommend the webcomic The Blind Prince by Crozy, uh, Cozy Crow. It is mm. relatively new. The art is gorgeous. It's very uh, folklore, royal punk, fairy tale aesthetic. Ooh. Uh, it's about uh, this girl named Elaine. Desperately tries to hide the unearthly feathers that riddle her skin all for the sake of love, but her curse leaves her rejected and trapped behind a wall deep within the Forbidden Forest. With no way home, her only option is to rely on a prince determined to reclaim his throne and his missing eyes. Ooh. And it's good. It the Oh, I'm following this artist on Instagram. They are just very... The story is good. The art is beautiful. And I am instantly endeared to all the characters. Ooh. And it's one where they talked about... They describe it as a movie, not a TV show, meaning like they have one big story they are telling. And when they're done with it, they're that's it for the story. And I really like that. I like getting to read things that are like, this is the story the creator wants to tell and mm-hmm. not having to be like, worried that they're going to lose the arcs. Tr- There's one big fuck off arc that we're going to yeah. go through and you're going to sit through. Yep, it's great. It's, again, The Blind Prince, it's on Webtoons. At least check out the first chapter because it's beautiful. Amazing. Love that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, I've been consuming a lot of Australian TV shows recently. <laughs> um, rewatches mostly. Um, so I rewatched all of Dance Academy. <laughs> oh my god, it's so dramatic. Like, ah. so, so much teen drama and relationship drama. And my goodness, just just it's just so much just so much it's just so much listen we we all think like oh my god the cw and all the things that they have going on and i'm like okay but like that but if there's like no magic shit it's just the normal world but it's still fucking messed up <laughs> oh boy constantly and there's so much happening yeah um it's great it's wonderful um and i Okay, I saw, like, the first three seasons, like, when they were coming out, and then I finally saw the movie. It was only from, like, 2017, and I only just saw it. Oh, goodness. Wow, this was actually a good ending to the freaking show, 
and it gave me oh, good nice. feelings. Like it, it, it had a good happy ending that that's I didn't so think good. was gonna happen. Um, and they're just like, yeah, fuck it, we're millennials. Let's just like stop competing with everyone else and just make our own dance company. Nice. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm so satisfied oh, with that so. ending. Actually, all right. Ray, do you have something that's not Homestuck? Um. Yeah, uh, screw you. Um, <laughs> since we were talking about Kings There's a lot of things wrong with Homestuck. <laughs> but feel free to recommend it, because it's actually, it's honestly a decent read. It's the fandom that was fun. <laughs> Ray's just been reading Homestuck. You have to curate like, your own fandom experience, so, yes. but anyways. Yes. Uh, Bramble the Mountain King is a game. It's a game? Okay. Yeah. Uh <laughs> it's on Steam. You can find it. Um it's a it's a spooky game in the style of like little night little nightmares. Um hmm. and it's based off of dark Nordic fables. Uh Ooh. I can't pronounce anything that's in it. It is super cool. <laughs> and Fair. uh you get to fight the Bramble King and it plays in the Hall of the Mountain King and it fucking slaps. That's awesome. Is that is that what we were talking about earlier? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Before cool. the episode yes. started. Yeah, <laughs> where we were trying to remember the the name of the song, and I was just like, "Wait, wait! I know this. It, it, I remembered it from Troll Hunters. I know it only because of Troll Hunters <laughs> is why I know the name of the song." It is one yeah. of the best songs ever written, perhaps. Um, nice. Yeah, bonus plug, just in the Hall of the Mountain King, actually. <laughs> yeah, right go song. listen to it right now. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's an episode, folks. We did it. Nice. I shall now literally release you from this mortal plane. <laughs> as, as Ray has been saying as our like ending for so many weeks now, please release us. Uh, I will release you all just like Pan. Um, get out of my fucking cabin and just I'm just... turning into dust. <laughs> I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark. No! <laughs> Yeah, actually, I snapped you all. I snapped all of you and I snapped Pan out of existence. That's what happened. Pan got snapped. Bye. (laughs) Bye. A huge thanks to your friend and mine, Matt, for supporting us on Patreon. You can follow this podcast socials at Of the Eldest Gods Pod on Instagram and Tumblr and at Of the Eldest Gods on Twitter. You can send us an iris message through Of the Eldest Gods Pod at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us financially, join us at patreon.com slash of the eldest gods. By becoming a patron, you can join the Deus Ex Media Discord server, where you'll be able to chat with us and other listeners about episodes and anything Percy Jackson related. Our $5 patron tier also gets you access to Against All Odds, our monthly bonus show. There, we'll talk about a wide variety of topics, which usually have something to do with mythology, no promises. You can check out our merch store in Redbubble to find custom designs made by Charlie. Or if you cannot or do not want to support us financially, we'd really appreciate a rating, a review, or letting your friends and followers know how much you love the podcast. That really helps. You can find me, Ray, at HeyHeyRay, spelled R-A-Y-E, on Twitter. If you want to hear more from me, check out Barbie Movie Slap, a podcast where my co-host Ted and I discuss Barbie's cinematic universe. That podcast Twitter is at Barbie Slaps. And you can follow me, Charlie, at GreenPixie12 on most platforms, but on Twitter I'm at GreenPixie123, which I'm totally not salty about. 
I also have an art Instagram at Green Pixie Draws. I sometimes do the YouTube thing on my channel, Charlie Mac. That's M-A-C-K. Our music was written by Isabel Strauss-Riggs and recorded and edited by Ian M. Riggs. You can find Izzy at Kane underscore I, that's I as in the body part, on Instagram and Twitter. She also currently makes video essays on the YouTube channel Kane I. Feel free to message her about making music for your project or editing your podcast. Of the Eldest Gods is proud to be a part of Deus Ex Media, which features great podcasts like My Images, an Avatar podcast that follows the true hero of the Avatar The Last Airbender series, the Cabbage Cart Guy. Coffee. Tea. Honor. Cabbage. Long ago, the four elements lived in harmony. Then, shit went totally cray when the Avatar attacked. Only the Cabbage Man, merchant of fine cruciferous vegetables, could stand against his trolling. But when the world needed some dank veg, he vanished. Ten years have passed, and my partner and I have started a new podcast. My Cabbages! An Avatar podcast. A weekly show about Avatar The Last Airbender. Whether it's Sokka's new line of cologne. Hey, look at you. Sitting there on a seal. Well, now look at back at me. I'm on an on a even bigger seal. Now look away. D&D related antics. You have to make an acrobatics check for that. And Aang just like unzips his pants and whips out his d20s. He's just like, I got this. Or randomly breaking into song. <laughs> we'll stumble our way through the greatest show ever made, one episode at a time. You can reach us at CabbageCast, which is our Twitter, or subscribe wherever you catch pod. Rotten cabbages? What kind of slum do you think this is? Of the Eldest Gods is based on the series by Rick Riordan. Right now, we are discussing Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Remember to follow us on your favorite podcatcher and meet us back here every Thursday. Sorry, my lag is really fucking bad right now, so I keep talking over everyone. No, you're good. I know for a fact our roommate's playing Overwatch right now, so. (laughs) Dave X Media.